0: no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details
1: there will be no deaths by inches this is the broncos daily podcast with brandon crystal i want everything i want all the meatballs and the pasta you know
0: Country. It is Thursday and we are in the thick of preparation for the trip to Lambeau Field to take on the Green Bay Packers. You've heard me say it this week and then we'll keep saying it until something changes. The Broncos winless as an organization in the state of Wisconsin. 0-7-1. Never won in that state and we'll see if that changes Sunday. At historic Lambeau Field. Remember, it's an early kickoff, eleven o'clock mountain time. If you're listening on KOA, our pregame coverage, gets started with the Broncos warm up that I host at seven, then Broncos Game Day, followed by countdown to kickoff and again an eleven o'clock kick. Mike Rice has your Broncos React. And I believe Benjamin Albright and Ryan Edwards, Broncos Country Tonight crew, will have Broncos React React after. Mike Rice gets done, and those guys will join me for the Friday pod like they do every week. we got Big Al today, so we don't want to waste too much time. We will get to Alfred Williams here in just a little bit. On Wednesday, we talked to Vic Fangio before practice, and we got to watch a little bit of practice. Ron Leary, uh, veteran rest day. I imagine we won't see him most Wednesdays here for the foreseeable future, and maybe all season long. We saw that with Peyton Manning, his final season, season and a half, uh, where Wednesdays were just an off day for him, and it wasn't something that he liked, but – Uh, I think Ron Leary to manage his knee, Uh, that's what they're going to have to do. Manuel Sanders went through individual work early, but he was limited and got a veteran rest day. And then also limited, Bryce Callahan, Joe Jones, Andy Janovich, Todd Davis, a full participant, and I expect to see him play. They talked about a snap count last week. I think he'll still be on one this week, but I think he'll probably play more against the Packers than he would have played Against the Bears. When you look at the matchup with the Packers, their defense is really good right now. They've only been in two games, and obviously, they held the Bears to three points in that opener. So that skews it a little bit, but they've been getting to the quarterback. They're number one in the league in takeaways right now with a couple fumble recoveries and three interceptions. So, five is the, the top number in the league. Something to keep an eye on it means you got to protect the football. You know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't turn it over. He has no interceptions through two games against their division rivals. They opened, of course, with that Thursday nighter at the Bears, and then hosted the Vikings uh, in Week Two. So you've got to get to Aaron Rodgers, try to disrupt him, and hope that you can get him to make an a uncommon mistake—something that is rare for Aaron Rodgers. Something he doesn't do very often is make mistakes, uh, but. Vic Fangio knows the outside noise. He's at least aware of it, uh, that people want to see Von Miller and Bradley Chubb get to the quarterback. Bradley Chubb certainly wants to get to the quarterback, and we know Von Miller and his disappointment uh, when he doesn't get a sack. And he was bummed after the Raiders game, and I think even more aggravated after the Bears game. Aaron Rodgers' favorite target, Devontae Adams, is about to welcome a baby on Friday with his wife. And we all know how that goes. Just because Friday's the due date doesn't mean the baby will come on Friday. So there is some rumbling in Green Bay that if the baby doesn't come Saturday either and come Sunday morning or Sunday right before the game starts, their top wideout won't be there. He'll be there for the birth of his child. And the Broncos would catch a break. They got a break in week one with the Raiders cutting Antonio Brown, so they didn't have to face A.B. And if Devontae Adams' wife... Goes into labor Sunday morning. Maybe they'll catch a break there, but that can't be part of the game plan. Uh, the game plan is going to have to be keep Devontae Adams in check and make the other guys beat you, make Mercedes Lewis beat you, make Jimmy Graham beat you, make Marcus Valde, uh, Valdez-Scantling and Geronimo Allison beat you, and make the running backs, Williams and Jones beat you. Uh, but let's jump to Big Al. You can catch him every weekday afternoon, three until seven, with JoJo Turnbo, Big Al and JoJo on KOA. You can catch it online as well. And... Will the Broncos win in Green Bay? I don't know, uh, but I want to get Big Al's perspective because he's played there, and I should have brought it up with him because now I realize in retrospect they knocked Don Mikowski out of the game in a game he played there with the Bengals in the early 90s, and Brett Favre came in on the next play, and we know how, how uh, the rest of the history book is written. So maybe I'll bring that up to him next week after the Broncos go to Lambeau Field. But here's my chat uh, like I do every single Thursday with Big Al. Let's keep it simple right off the bat, Big Al. What will it take for the Broncos to go in the Lambeau and win in the state of Wisconsin? Something they've never done. They're 0-7-1 as a franchise. They don't play there a lot, but 0-7-1. What will it take to come away with a a victory Sunday?
1: Well, I think when you consider the opponent, you always start with quarterbacks in the NFL. And this quarterback is a unique talent because... He has the ability to run with the football, but he also has an incredible arm, and he is an incredibly talented, accurate passer of the football given time. Aaron Rodgers, though, also presents uh, a little bit of an issue uh, that is a good deal for the Denver Broncos, a team that has zero sacks and zero interceptions. He moves around in the pocket until he finds a guy, and then he makes a spectacular play, which means that there's – Many times where he's block, uh, uh, the offensive line have done a good job blocking, but he's exposed himself because the ball did not come out. This is the good week uh, to have a five-man pressure against Aaron Rodgers to ensure that at least two guys get one-on-one matchups.
0: How much have we seen the five-man pressure? I haven't, I haven't tracked it closely enough. But all we keep hearing about is Vic Fangio doesn't love blitzing, right? He just wants to get home with, with the guys. The I guess that's the five, right? Three up front and the two on the edge, typically.
1: Well, five-man pressure mean four guys up front and a linebacker or safety that's added into the mix. And um, it, what it does is it it, it it makes the quarterback speed up a little bit. And that's all you really want when you're playing on the defensive side. You just want the guy not to be comfortable. You know, we've been a quarterback-friendly defense the first two games of 2019. So we want to make that guy more uncomfortable. And if teams – are going to leave seven guys in the blockers. we got to at least give a five- or six-man rush so we can at least get to the quarterback.
0: Yeah, when Dick Fangio was asked about it uh, a couple times this week already uh, uh, about the lack of sacks, he said uh, his biggest issue is with the pass rush late on that final drive, specifically on that fourth and 15. But is he just kind of covering for himself that, that the pass rush wasn't better throughout? Uh, Trisky didn't throw very much, and Derek Carr got rid of the ball so damn quick.
1: Yeah, what happened on the play was that Derek Wolf went for an outside move on the guard, and he was pushed wide into Von Miller, and Vaughn Miller was uh, in a speed rush situation, seeing that he had the running back coming to chip him, turned it into a bull rush, and then so you have Vaughn running into the tackle, and Derek Wolf is outside of him. It is – Highly unusual to see it work that way. The plan did not work. Usually, if you know that you have a, uh, uh, if you know that you have a back outside of the tackle, and a tight end that is also setting up to block you, what you normally would run is something called a TE, and a TE means the tackle will go first through the guard tackle gap. Okay, push the hip of the tackle, the defensive end would loop back underneath, and that way the d- defensive end who loops back underneath would have a one-on-one with the guard in space, or with the center in space if there's a full line slide.
0: Uh, you had and, the, did you love that? I mean, if you're, if you're the end in that situation, did you like that loved matchup?
1: Loved, loved looping back around and having that guard or that, or that center looking for me, and I'm looking for him. You know, maybe they thinking that, you know, you know here he comes. I was absolutely thinking, "Here I come!" Right, you know, because that is that's an unusual situation for those guys to handle quickness and speed and power. Usually, they're dealing they're dealing with uh, guys that are in 300-plus range. So when you roll around that corner and you're Von Miller, you hit them with a arm down or a spin. Man, it's just devastating in the face of the quarterback. So, Vic Fangio said he's not
0: discouraged yet. As somebody who's obviously an expert pass rusher, and I know that. Even though you watch the whole field, your eyes probably still find themselves going to the pass rush because that's human nature when you play that My eyes go position. to the
1: offensive line and defensive line. Okay. Just to start all plays.
0: So are you, are you worried yet at, at where the lack of sacks are? Because you've, you've said for years, and obviously I've known you forever, that you don't always care about sacks, that sometimes sacks can be a misleading stat. But QB pressures, QB hits, just the lack of atten- not attention, the lack of whatever, getting home. Productivity. Uh, productivity in, in any of those facets. Are you worried yet?
1: Well, here's the rule uh, that I was taught by a, a great defensive line coach of mine, uh, Coach Carmilla, which uh, taught me that when you want to be a Pro Bowl player, you are affecting plays one out of every seven times. Every time that there is a play, one out of seven, you're affecting the play. How do you, how do you come up with that number, you think? Because you, you end up in the mix. You know, if there is if there is, uh, forty nine plays, you have made seven plays. Like, where did those seven plays happen? Did it happen in the run game? Did it happen in the pass game? Uh, did it happen? Uh, uh, did it happen in the critical moments of the game? You know, so and he said the all pro guys get to one one out of every five, one out of, one out of every six. That means that in the course of a of, of a game, the Broncos played fifty one plays on defense. That means one out of every five plays or, or, or roughly somebody would have had to, at playing at all pro level, would have had to make ten plays.
0: And that's typically you would think would be Vaughn Miller, maybe Chris Harris, or Bradley Chubb is who you would look to be those guys first. Not that other guys couldn't make it. Justin Simmons could do Justin it. Justin
1: Simmons was close. Yeah. That Cream, Cream Simmons, Jackson could. No, Justin Simmons was the closest. He had an outstanding game in the both you know the the pass game and also his tackling was on point his one on one in the open field tackling his coverage was outstanding uh he had a he had he had an amazing game so i mean i'm looking at things a little differently maybe a little differently than the normal fan base but uh, it's only because you know i've i've been trained uh a little differently than a lot of these guys you know when I was young in my NFL career, I had three different court, uh, defensive coordinators. Uh, in my totality as a member of the NFL, I've had six different coordinators, which means that in six different mindsets, and six different terminology, and you understand things a little differently because I think that's the spice of life when you can have different guys with different philosophies and you can say, uh, I like his better than that one. That one, not so much. But this one is probably the one that fits me best.
0: All right, let's flip to the other side of the ball real quick before I let you go. And that's why I like talking to you because you, your football expertise is different than everyone else I talk to. Uh, the offense, two weeks in a row, feels like when push came to shove, they were able to make some plays. But it was a little too little too late. I know that they went true. up. Uh, not I g- true. I guess I'm just asking. Not true.
1: Okay. Not true. You're saying
0: two weeks ago they didn't, or you're saying? What I'm
1: saying is, given the opportunity, when the offense had the opportunity at the end of games, they've produced.
0: Yeah, right. Th- I'm kind of saying the same thing.
1: But no, you're, you're saying that it was little too, well, too little, too late. No, the defense didn't play well right. enough to get okay. the ball back to the offense in Oakland. Okay. And the defense didn't play well enough to preserve a lead that the offense gave them with 31 seconds left to go in the game. Okay. So then it's not. Our pro- what I'm telling you is that I don't believe our problem is with our offense. I believe our problem. You know, we had a drop. Uh, we had a drop ball for a touchdown in the game against the Raiders. Right. You know that game looks different if if that ball is caught. You know, it, it, the game looks different if if Garrett Bowles. You know, is playing at at least a a stable version of himself of himself last week. Maybe the numbers. You know, maybe maybe would we'll generate six more points, and it's not as close as it was.
0: Well, and that's what I wanted to ask. So I, I was going to say all this to get to Garrett Bowles. Is there a way that they can overcome his mistakes? Let's assume that they'll get better, but if they don't, if they're totally eliminated, can they still overcome Garrett Bowles and be a successful offense in the
1: short term? Is there a way? you know, This week, next week, because you're you hoping Juwan James I, I, is I healthy. I want to tell you the best teacher that I've ever had around professional football involves guys being benched for not performing the way that they're supposed to be performing. And if you want to take a clear look at this, look and see what the Jets have done and benching uh, uh, a guy who was the prize-free agent corner two years ago. This year it was benched. Probably won't play the rest of the year because they have decided that they don't want to get the guy hurt because if they get him hurt, then they have to uh, they have to go ahead and pay him his guaranteed money for 2020. Right. Tremaine Johnson came over from the Rams right. for big money two years ago. Right, right. Two years ago. And so what they have decided to do is say, we're going to eat it on this one, okay? Adam Gase has made it abundantly clear that they have made their mind up that they're going to eat it on this one and not allow that player who has pe- played poorly to go onto the field. The Broncos eventually are going to have to do the same thing with Garrett Bowles. I mean, there's no, you can't, salvage, you can't salvage a player who costs you every single game. Four holding penalties in one game, that's got to be a record of something. I mean, first of all, the referees won't call it four times. Yeah. On the same guy. Well, and there was another one, because I saw it pointed out on the internet,
0: that was very obvious that wasn't called on him. Like, maybe the most obvious of all of them, that they just missed. Uh, so, it could have been at least a fifth. And I'm, I understand I'm,
1: that. I'm telling you, it is highly unusual. When, when I tell you this, trust, trust what I'm saying here. It's highly unusual for the same referee to call that same penalty four times in one game.
0: Okay. So, final thing I have for you. Can the Broncos, well, not can they, will they go in there and win on Sunday? If you don't want to make a score prediction today, but will it blow your mind if they come away with a win? I don't want to make
1: a score prediction. Can they win? Yes. But will they win? I don't think so. I think that we play good offensively. I think that we have another day where we have nearly 400 yards of offense. And right now, it seems that the rest of the NFL understands Vic Fangio's defense as well as he does. And they know how to attack him. And he's being attacked you know, in ways probably that he never thought would, he would be attacked because everybody is, is, is ready for the Fangio defensive style. So
0: now it's on him to figure out
1: how to change it or and evolve it. He's got to be more aggressive in his defense if we're going to win football games. Because if teams are going to leave six and seven guys in to protect against our great edge rushers, they're never going to have success. And right. I don't think that he's going to change just because we're having this conversation on your podcast. <laughs> I appreciate the time. I'll talk to
0: you next week. Okay.
1: All right. That'll do it for
0: the Thursday pod. Always appreciate Big Al and want to make him the focal point of my Thursday podcast. If anything revel- revelatory would have been said at the Broncos on Wednesday, I would have dropped it in here, but it's kind of more of the same. Uh, we'll try to track down a player or two in the next couple days to mix into the pod. We'll have. Broncos country tonight, Benjamin Albright, Ryan Edwards on Friday, Susie on Saturday, Saturdays with Susie, and then Sunday we'll go behind enemy lines, and Ryan Edwards and I will give you uh, fantasy focus, last minute fantasy adjustments you may want to make, or, or lineup changes, obviously with what's going on with the quarterbacks across the league, all of a sudden some of these backup quarterbacks and their matchups and how they'll fit into their offenses uh, become something really interesting to track. So, uh, we'll do our best to help you there. Make sure, if you haven't subscribed already, please do. Please tell your friends in Broncos country. Uh, this is the best way to get your day started every single morning. Uh, I appreciate it. Again, follow me on Twitter as well at BK Denver Sports. Thank you for listening. We will catch you tomorrow on the Broncos Daily Podcast. With
1: Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.